It is indeed a pleasure to have this privilege to play here for you. And we, we intend to give you a very fine program, so just settle back, relax, and enjoy the moment. 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 Welcome back to a special edition of Miked Up on OM Radio. This is your daily COVID-19 news update for Low Country listeners. I'm your host, Mika Gadsden. Today's date, it's April 15th. It's Wednesday. The current time of this recording, it's 5.56 a.m. And typically, this this update is um, strictly devoted to COVID-19 and, and where you can find local resources, how our local elected officials are responding to the pandemic. But of course, uh, the Sunday tornado systems that stretched into Monday morning have complicated that. Uh, tornado recovery is still dominating our local news cycle. Um, it's on the front page of today's Post and Courier. Uh, take a listen to this bit of reporting from the Associated Press. Uh, usually in a case like this, where we've had so many impacted communities and, and a lot of people that are going to need help, we would obviously open a shelter uh, under normal circumstances. But because we're living in this COVID-19 environment, that's not the best option for us. So what we're doing is in most of our communities across the state, we have worked with our, our partners and some generous hotels that have offered um, for us to utilize their hotels to place the folks that need help. And so we've got volunteer that volunteers that are there that will screen the folks as they come in. We're also providing feeding for them at those hotels. That clip came courtesy of the Associated Press, and it featured the voice of Ben Williamson, uh, who's a leader with Red Cross South Carolina. I'm going to go ahead and flip to the front page of our uh, Post and Courier, uh, and it reads as such, Long Recovery Ahead. Residents already facing coronavirus crisis survey devastating scene begin cleanup after state's deadliest tornado outbreak in 36 years. You know, reading these headlines and the reporting, um, you know, that has has been printed since the storm system, I'm getting a better picture as to what communities across the state had to deal with. Uh, But take a listen to this clip. Um, This is from uh, you're going to hear the voice of the Columbia Office of the National Weather Service. So this is going to give you an even better picture as to what the devastation looks like for so many folks here. And we saw things on the radar, frankly, that we've never seen before. Monday morning, severe thunderstorms moved through the Midlands, causing widespread wind damage and multiple tornadoes across the state. Frank Alzheimer, a meteorologist at the National Weather Service office in Columbia, says it is fairly unusual to see an event like that across the Midlands. Now, we haven't seen a setup like this or the number of tornadoes like this since 2008. So it's over a decade since we've had something this significant. A total of 28 tornado warnings were issued during Monday morning storms. The National Weather Service is continuing to survey damage reports from these storms today, including the EF3 tornado in Orangeburg County that took the lives of two people. Shout out to WLTX, uh, the CBS News affiliate based in Columbia, South Carolina, for that bit of reporting. Uh, Again, I think that helps us all understand uh, just what folks were seeing as that storm ravaged Uh, areas throughout the entire state of South Carolina. There wasn't a region that wasn't touched by that massive uh, tornado storm system. Um, I'm going to take a little little bit of a hard turn um, back to our coronavirus uh, news as it pertains to this region. So here's an update on the numbers. 
We want to bring you some new numbers just in from state health officials. The Department of Health and Environmental Control says there are 115 new cases of COVID-19 in South Carolina and 10 more deaths. Now that brings us to more than 3,500 cases and 97 deaths. Two of those deaths were in Berkeley County. We are told both were elderly people with underlying health conditions. Shout out to WCBD, our NBC News affiliate here in Charleston. Um, yeah, for that update. Uh, let me know if these updates with the daily uh, tallies of, of infection rates, let me know if that is not as useful as I think they are. I'd love to hear your feedback. You can always uh, just just send me some feedback via email at uh, Tamika, T-A-M-I-K-A, at charlestonactivistnetwork.com I'd love to hear whether or not um, something there's something I'm missing or there's something you'd like to hear so I'm, I'm more than willing to incorporate any feedback into these updates um, moving on uh, now I get to uh, present to you an interview that I have been dying to record for some time I'm a huge fan of the blog Holy City Center and uh Christian, the, its creator, has been a friend in my head for quite some time. I'm so happy that he and I both uh, got to sit down yesterday. He interviewed me for his Instagram live feed. He's doing like a show there. And then I got to interview him for Mic'd Up. So take a listen to my interview with Christian from Holy City Center. And I'm going to sign off here. Y'all, please stay happy and healthy. Uh, it's raining outside, so hopefully y'all will stay home <laughs> today. And uh, my Gullah Geechee folk, y'all stay black. And listen up for this important interview with uh, Christian, my homie. Welcome, Christian. Welcome to Mike Up. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, for those who don't know your work, could you introduce yourself and your platform? Sure. And uh, Mika, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, my name is Christian Sanger. Um, I run the website Holy City Center um, and all its social media channels that are associated with it. And uh, yeah, it's a website uh, or blog, whatever, you know, people want to char characterize it as is fine by me. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, I try to stay active. So um, I wanted to talk to you because I want to engage, I want to engage more local voices who are covering uh, COVID-19 from various perspectives. And again, it was, a, you run a blog and your content is featured on our local news outlets, but uh, tell us how you've kind of shifted uh, previous to the pandemic until now. Yeah, so, I mean, in a way, just like everybody else, I've shifted. I mean, I'm doing the same types of things. It's just that the world we're in right now has uh, adjusted, you know, uh, the types of things I'm talking about. You know, so usually I'm, I'm sharing events that are happening in town, um, you know, whether it be concerts, uh, charitable events, maybe some new restaurants opening. Uh, so now with everything that's going on, I'm, I'm still trying to keep people informed. Um, but now it's more, you know, this uh, business or these musicians or this uh, charity or whatever it may be, museums, they're now doing all these things online. Uh, so instead of sharing events where people will go and do something as normal, it's now, hey, virtually you can do this. Um, in addition to that, uh, you know, I'm trying to keep people aware of you know, what restaurants are offering takeout or delivery uh, so that they can still support local organizations if they choose to and try to break up the routine of what, what being quarantined and, and staying home is for everybody. And, you know, and on top of that, I'm trying to share 
any news from the local and national governments as it relates to the virus, you know, resources, uh, if people are not feeling well, uh, or charities or nonprofits or GoFundMe pages that restaurants have set up or other organizations, just trying to keep everybody in the know, regardless of where they are, whether they are still in their normal routine of working or if they're, you know, at home trying to figure out how to break up their day. Um, let me back it up just a little bit. Um, what prompted you to start? Like, what was your, your chief motivating factor behind starting your blog initially? Well, I'm not, I'm not from Charleston originally. I'm from Connecticut, and I moved here in uh, 2007. Uh, obviously, a lot has changed since then, but for the most part, you know, Charleston, the stuff that people enjoy about the city was the same then as it is now. And uh, at the time, like, after a few years of being here and doing all the things that people who are new to the city or, or tourists who are visiting would do, I realized that there's just so, so much that the city has to offer outside of, you know, the, the typical things that everybody knows about when they're visiting. Um, and although a lot of uh, local media does, does a pretty good job of pointing these things out, they're also busy with, you know, hard news, you know, they don't have time to, or the resources to just talk about the fun things all the time. Uh, you know, so as I was discovering new things, uh, I thought there was a, an opportunity for, for me to share that. And I didn't really know how it would go from there. Uh, so I just started sharing some things I was doing around town and, and started talking about some events that I liked that I didn't think, you know, were really, you know, getting play on traditional media for whatever reason. And it just, it kind of hit as the same time as like Twitter was really starting to take off. So that was a big driving force for me and being able to uh, communicate with people in the community. Uh, and then also is right when Charleston was just starting to win all the, like the best of the world or whatever awards. Um, and so it just kind of like jive perfectly where I was starting a blog about what's going on in town. And there was already plenty going on. Uh, but all that kind of came together in Charleston, just it's been a boon of events and, and celebrities coming to visit and politicians, you know, and, and just on and on and on. And the growth that we've seen, there's always something to share about what's going on. So that was really it. You know, I just wanted to share my experiences as someone who wasn't from here. Uh, and a lot of people move here uh, from other places. And I thought it'd be a good spot for people to, to kind of see um, a fairly unbiased opinion. Like I try not to give too many opinions on things, um, especially on the site itself. So I, I thought it'd be a good resource for people. And I just keep develop, developing, developing it year over year um, with feedback from others and just trying out new things and just, you know, just trying to stay on top of everything. So yeah, you, you mentioned earlier, I asked you about the whole pivot and you've been creating content or curating content. Um, let me ask you this, being that you are putting together all these resources or you know, you have to stay in the know. Um, how does that change your daily routine? I'm assuming you have a nine to five. I don't know if you work from home, but how do you, how do you find all this information and decide what to share with people during the pandemic? Sure. Yeah, I do have a, a regular job, uh, basically a nine to five. Uh, so I have my uh, afternoons and, and evenings free uh, to really hammer home, you know, details and, and look into things. But, you know, at this point, because uh, the blog started in 2011, 
it's been around long enough now that I don't have to dig as much as I used to, you know, I don't have to spend as much time searching for events and, and stories because I'm getting uh, people contacting me like uh, PR firms were always sending me, you know, releases about events or new restaurants or whatever it may be. So a lot of content is coming to me, which is great. Um, and then, you know, as far as like the shift right now, people are still, reaching out and sending me email and I'm, I'm still kind of in my same routine because I still have to go in to work. I, I work in healthcare. So I, I'm still going to work every day. So my routine hasn't changed all that much. Uh, I just have more free time um, at night because I'm not going anywhere. So I can kind of dedicate a little bit more time to it. But I learned uh, honestly from like hurricane season, uh, how to shift the site from the normal routine that we're in normally to what happens when everything kind of gets shaken up and when things are closing and what are, what are the types of things people are looking for. So when we have hurricanes and some people decide to stay in the city and, and the, you know, the storms a few days out, they're looking for, Hey, what's open? Where can I find, whether it's food or it's like materials that they need, like a, a Lowe's or Home Depot type thing. Um, I kind of learned from that, like, okay, this is what people are looking for when things are knocked off kilter. And so I've tried to take what I learned during that time frame and incorporate it now. Um, so I can kind of get ahead of what I, I know people are going to be asking me about as this continues to drag on. Um, you have a very significant online presence in terms of Twitter. I know that's where I typically engage with your content the most is, um, is via Twitter. Uh, how do you decide or how do you keep a presence going? while you're, I guess, juggling other adulting <laughs> responsibility. Yeah. It's, uh, it's easier than some people think, especially since I've been doing Twitter um, for the site since it started, so 2011. So that's, you know, nine years of being familiar with the platform and, and what, you know, what works and what doesn't. And although I think it's drastically changed since those early days for numerous reasons, you know, the same principles um, and things that work for me uh, still hold true now. So um, I, I've kind of gotten into a routine where, um, you know, I, it's, it's, it, I'm not trying to like do a trial and error on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, like, Hey, maybe this will work or when should I post this? It's just things that I've learned. So now it's a little bit more reflexive, you know, where I, I'm just doing it by, you know, my, my, my habits. And also I use a lot of um, whether it's Inst or, um, Twitter or other programs, I'm using scheduling, you know, programs as well. Right. So I can work on a story or whatever, and then I can schedule times for it to go out. So I could be sleeping, I could be out with friends, I could be at work, and my account is still posting things, you know, spread out because I've, I've scheduled them. And that, that's, a, that's been an amazing tool for me. So there's not really too much lag of content. You know, it's still, it might take me a while to respond to like a direct question, but the account itself is still posting things, whether I'm actually doing it in that moment or not. So um, are there any specific news sources that you've relied upon? Yeah, I try to, um, especially on Twitter, I try to share other uh, news organizations as often as possible because obviously they, they have full staffs. They're doing hard news, things that I, I can't do. And um, not just because I don't have the time, but also they're, they're professionals and I couldn't handle some of that stuff. So, you know, I try to spread it around equally. And I think everyone does a really awesome job in town and they have their own specific, um, you know, 
uh, things that they do well over other outlets, but I don't think you can top the Post and Courier simply because print media, they just have more time basically to tell a story where TV news, they do an amazing job, but they have to condense things. So I think reading a full article gives you a fuller picture of story sometimes in just a quick minute or two on the nightly news. You know, again, they're doing great for what their medium allows, um, but you'll see that in the stories they post too. Their stories aren't as long on their website because people aren't going to TV news for long form stories. So for me, I think Post and Courier just because of the nature of it being a print media um, outlet that they can expand on stories, they can provide more context and, and background on things. So I, I lean on them most heavily when I'm sharing news, um, even though I, I'll get some gripes from people about the paywall and all that. Um, but hey, you should be paying for local news, especially ones that are, are, are doing that kind of work. So yeah, I, I rely on them the most for hard news and just providing as much detail as possible behind big stories. Oh, wow. Yeah. I love that you're trumpeting the importance of supporting local media. How, what would you advise people in terms of as they're sitting through information, as they're working from home and staying home more, what advice would you have to folks, for folks rather? Well, you know, as far as finding information and things, you know, uh, there are trusted news sources out there and they're, and they're seen as trusted news sources for a reason. They've been doing it for a while. They've built a reputation. And those are the people you should be listening to. Those are the organizations that you should be looking towards to providing you with the best info. Um, you know, especially as it relates to local, you know, we don't have any outlets that are like cable news here. I mean, I know there's like talk radio about politics and stuff. So everybody in town, the media works really hard. They take their job incredibly serious. Uh, they're proud of their work uh, and, and they're doing the best they can to get the appropriate information out to you. Those are the folks you should be listening to, um, not pundits necessarily um, from uh, cable outlets, especially when it comes to what's going on locally. Um, we should be listening to the people here. Um, there are some great trustworthy people, uh, you know, that aren't in the uh, news that I, I would believe if, if they were telling a story, but you just got to be careful with things you see on the internet in general, whether it's social media or not. You want to make sure it's coming from a trusted place. Um, and know what motives might be behind it. So that's number one is just, you know, look past the headline, see where this is coming from, and then also read past the headline. Uh, headlines can't tell the whole story. Don't start commenting and giving opinions. Like, look, read it, uh, and then consume what you can so you're a well-informed person and, and you can get through a really serious and difficult time right now. Um, in addition to that, you know, like you mentioned, support local media. Um, especially when they deserve it. They're working hard to, to get us this information um, with as little or no bias as they can do, you know, so support them, whether it's sharing or um, purchasing um, a subscription to the Post and Courier, uh, you know, it's $10 a month for a digital subscription, whatever that may be, you know, so for sure do that. Just keep yourself informed, know where things are coming from, trust the officials, even if you're not so sure, um, you know, they're, they're, they're in a position to, to give out this information for that reason. And it's okay to have a healthy skepticism, but you don't want to be messing around with things like your health um, at a time like this. Don't even get me started, because <laughs> if I read one more conspiracy theory, uh, tell me about it. Yeah, and that's and that's that's part of the battles. Like, what are you consuming? Because that's where the information is creeping in, and it could come from family, but it it oh, really yeah. 
it definitely is there's a lot of um people say like they're getting fooled by the internet things can present as like uh you know a completely above board uh news platform and it really is just like it's not even it's not the washington post it's like the washington post eagle <laughs> exactly. Yeah. exactly. People yeah. are out here trying to trick other people and they don't care, you know, and they, yeah. they they're they get really deceitful with it. You're right. Yeah, so yeah, and um so I'm I really appreciate you underscoring that importance. Where can folks find your all of your content, all, everything in, in the universe of Holy City Center? <laughs> so uh go to holycitycenter.com and then on all social platforms, it's just at Holy City Center. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate this time. Please come back to the show. <laughs> uh, happy to. And thanks so much for having me, Mika. I appreciate no, it. No problem.